0: Scramble, scramble! Hello, and welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk, another wizard podcast from James Holland and I, here from Blighty. Now, why am I talking like this, Jim? Why have I gone all wizard prang? Why am I talking ab- about pebble I think it's monkeys?
1: you've been visiting the Bomber Command Memorial. Absolutely, I went to the Bomber Command Memorial
0: in the heat wagon, and Call we yes well the international Bomber Command memorial actually stop with stagger stop with it start with the trivial mucking about so um I've been on tour welcome to we have ways of making you talk by the way the second world war podcast with me Al Murray and James Holland uh James deep in uh, deepest wheelchairs the clocks yep. have gone back and oh. um I, I used the X-ray I actually used the X-ray yesterday and tidied up my office you can't tell at a glance, but I have rearranged it. Well, I know, but I can,
1: see, I can see there's a plastic storage box with stuff in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and exactly. That's very much part of the, of the, of the whole process, <laughs> isn't it? Of Moving it into a box.
0: That may go into go the, the box, loft. It, and then it sits there for a month. It's, it may go to the loft. It may not. It anyway, may not. <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, yeah, so we, were, may we may
1: start pulling it back
0: out again. Yeah, but there's every chance the that everything in there will end up back on a shelf. Anyway, we, we, we've been on tour. And so due to, um, uh, the curious, been busy. Route, I've been very busy. Um, I've been, we've been doing signings and they've been fantastic and I've met Good. lots and lots of independent company members, um, who, if you're new to this podcast are people who subscribe to our Patreon, um, and, and uh, we've had a lot of requests for Singapore, James, that we have... No- why haven't you done Singapore? Some bloke, he wasn't, <sighs> wasn't obby with me, but he was like, why haven't you done Singapore yet? And then he got into a story about, I think he's, either his father or his grandfather was there and he was um, Royal Army Service Corps and he had a hunch it was all going to go um, uh, uh, tits up. And yep. so he decided to send his best people across to North Africa to get them out of Singapore. And so he was sending people to North Africa Get them somewhere where they could be useful. Which I think really interesting. Very you know, interesting. I mean, uh, uh, so we've had a, a couple of requests for Singapore, and some you know just some very nice feedback and lots of people who love the podcast. It uh, was uh, in, uh, in Bluewater in Dartford. There was a lad called George who um, absolutely loves the podcast, loves listening. <laughs> Hello, George. I hope you enjoy the book. Um, so it's been. I suppose it's How nice. You- what you'd call outreach, if you use that kind of lingo. Um, anyway, <laughs> but uh,
1: due to it's the- basically like, a, I mean, in a, in a way, you're a bit like Monty, aren't you? Before for before D-Day, visiting all the people, handing out cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> handing out cigarettes, and and telling them that you're going to beat Wommel, and yeah. <laughs> it's all going to be fine.
0: And we've it's had lots like of we've had lots of lovely feedback as well about um,
1: Alamein Week, haven't we? Um, yeah, people have, nice. Very have nice. really I-
0: enjoyed it, and I enjoy doing it enormously. It's great fun.
1: Well, yes, and there's just so much to much to think about. But but tell me first of all before yes. you, before, you do, before we get to that. that. I, think, I think we have we need to have an Alamein wash up. We do, we? Yeah. Um, yeah. But before we get onto the Alamein wash up, how did you find the International Bomber Command Memorial? Well,
0: um, so we were in Dorking on Friday night and then Skegness on su- Saturday night. So, Holy moly, God! Talk yeah, about yeah, zigzag. don't. We've had to have words with my agent, and um, because uh, I think we're at the stage of the tour where he's got he's got a road atlas and. A blindfold and some joint <laughs> <drawing laughs> pins, <laughs> and because um, uh, that's not it even alphabetical order. That way, doesn't well, it? Dorking, Dorking to Skegness, is, a- is, well, it yeah. is alphabetical order, but you know, there's no E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, and S, you know, in between. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> so what we did after Dorking, we drove to Lincoln cause, because because Skegness is, is well, racing, quite a drive because you come racing. off the motorway. Got to Lincoln in the middle of the night. And then in the, uh, and as we were going up I said look I said to Adam my tour manager I said I'd um, really like to go to the to this place because we've not been because we we last time we went up to Lincolnshire we went to Scampton where we met yep. the um the naughty red arrows as they're now called and um the uh flying <laughs> the, the flag of Team GB. Team GB, and um
1: <laughs> that was one of the funniest funniest afternoons ever <laughs> Every time I think about that it makes me laugh yeah, It's
0: really really funny yeah Um and uh and so we, but you what, know, it we...
1: really you really, know, what's it really like being in a you know, hawk and doing all those manoeuvres? Well, obviously very proud to do fly, 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 fly to <laughs> <laughs> But what's it like?
0: Tell us. How you, do how'd you, how'd you do your rehearsals? Well, uh, what, we, we fly the flag for Team GB. <laughs> anyway, the, 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 um, as the jets roar past as well for, for uh, in situ Atmos. They now, are we, amazing, though. You can they, just get away it, from it. It was absolutely amazing. It was an extraordinary thing to see. But, but was brilliant. But, I but, loved but, it. But his sort of uh, vocal aerobatic display, display was just as impressive.
1: <laughs> well, I felt it didn't quite match the skill of, of the... Uh, of the flying, I have
0: to say. Anyway, charming though he was. Anyway, um, so, uh, so last time we didn't go, and it's it's really, really, it's really well done. It's it's not a museum, is their thing, right? So there there are no aircraft, there's no bits of twisted metal. Um, that it, it's 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 a, a memorial, and a and a memorial sort of portal for people to bring stuff to them that then goes into the archive at the university in Lincoln, right? So, if you've got a relative you've got his papers, they scan them, they digitise them, then they do the metadata over the university. Do and they? yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Isn't that cool, right?
1: That's so really cool. So they've got an amazing archive now, have
0: they? They have got an amazing gathering archive, um, and is Dan, and Dan Ellen in charge of? That? Yes, Dan Ellen runs the archive over at the University wow. of Lincoln.
1: Um, okay, now and so you're
0: Dan, I, I let I let Dan know and said, oh, by the way, we're going, and he popped up. Um, when we were halfway around the museum. And so well, it's not a museum, halfway around the, the displays and stuff. So what you've got is you've got this, um, you know, very contemporary rusted metal spire. And it, it, so it's like the spire of Lincoln Th- Cathedral would have, you know, in the old days. It's, it's the height of of Lancaster's wingspan, this spire. So It stands very tall and you're really. 103 really str- feet. And I was really struck. It's it, 103, 103 feet. feet, and I was really struck feet. by that because normally you see a Lancaster flat, and you don't get the sense of actually yeah. how enormous it is, right? Yeah. So that was that was interesting in itself. And it's rusted metal, and then they have these plates in concentric circles around the around the, the spire, and you, yeah. you're on a hill looking down over Lincoln, like a sort of parallel mm. hill to the hill the cathedral's on, yeah, right? Lovely. It's, and it's beautiful and so you get the sense of the view of flying over Lincoln and mm-hmm. you know what that would have been like and then in concentric circles you've got these plates that are sort of um, a couple of meters wide with the names of the all the 55,000 bomber command crew who were killed who were lost wow right and and it's very sobering it starts with the Lincolnshire ones and then and, and then for, you know so it's the uh, one of five group uh, uh, in the interior and then it's the other bomber command uh, um Uh, squadrons and groups outside that, right? But it's everybody international because they're they're really stressing that it's, that you know, Bomber Command was an international effort. It was a Commonwealth effort, a Duke Mm -hmm. effort, right? So that's really well presented. And there are names all the way along the path as you walk to the um, spire of people who've donated. They've also got the standing uh, silhouette things, you know, uh, Memorial Poppy Memorial uh, people as well. Yeah. Um, although they're all conflicts, so you have got Falklands War people in that, which is sort of which isn't jarring, but is also sort of sort of interesting that they've they've uh, you know um, uh, uh, they've sort of compromised with that. It, it just compromises the wrong word, but they've accommodated that, right? Yes. But but the spire is really really striking, and the names the names because um, <clears throat> there's just so many of them, and there's so many of these rusted rusting iron plates it's really really moving mm. and really really gets you right in here right
1: yeah
0: and the thing is we went with my my tour manager adam who he's all his uncle was lost um uh in bomber command his mother yep. his, his mother never knew her brother he was k- killed killed you know, I think when she was a little girl, because she's—I think she's ninety—so was killed when she was a little girl. She, so she doesn't have any proper memory of him, and he's—he was one. He went missing, right? And the family—the family legend was was that he was a tail gunner, right? So we get there, and I say to Adam, so Adam rings his mum and says, you know, what? What would you think? He's if he's on the memorial, what do you think he's going to be known as? Right? Because we didn't know if he was on the memorial. Oh, KJ Gill, right? Okay. So we you get there in an alphabetical order we work our way through and we found him in the bottom right hand corner of one of these plates on the same right. plate as Guy Gibson. Although Amazing. the point of the memorial is not the not 617 squadron and not the No no, no. not not the high points You're all the, in it together, right? Show business people. It's that it's every it's every, you know, the people who became stars. It's the it's the point of the whole effort, right? And there he is, right? And it's incredibly moving. And uh, Adam Adam rang his mum and said, "You know, I found him. He's on here." And she didn't know about the um, the, the memorial, International right. Memorial. She didn't know about it. So now she knows about it. Now she knows her brother's commemorated. Anyway, then we go round the displays, and they've got they've got four four really really good films about. Um, you know, the development of the bomber, the bomber will always get through. First World War bombing, mm-hmm. second world war bombing, and how what a wonky started all gets off to, and then the four-engine bombers coming online, and the absolute, you know, the, the 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 horrendous pasting that Germany then cops from bomber command, right? And and this thing of, you know, learning to fly before you can drive, the training, how intense it was, what they were doing with what they were doing with them two people. Then you've got a display all the way around the lower display hall, which is a sortie so you know briefing right. here did it all the way around and then when they get home yep. which runs around the whole thing there's a sort of audiovisual flyer lancaster thing where you pick up the you pick up the thing you choose which crewman you want to be and then you've got to do tap the buttons and do your duties right lovely. yeah they run a presentation of a raid and then they have a, the, the, the really striking thing is they have on the av screen the big av screen they have a 1939 to 1945 bombing in europe uh, infographic thing, and it goes, and it's got large raid, small, yeah. la, large raid, big circle, small raid, small, you know, medium raid, small effort, and it's pinpricks of light for 1939. It's one big one on Warsaw, and then there's just just pinpricks, and then it goes sort of, you know, there's th- then there's nothing, right, for quite a while. And then it and then it starts to hot up in, um, you know, in a bit. It, well, no, well, no, nineteen forty. Then there's, then there's, you know, the the, the bombing that go- accompanies the the Blitzkrieg, yes. And then there's the Blitz, and then but uh, and then it sort of quiets down a bit. But the, but what's fascinating, right? And and Dan said they've assembled this all from secondary sources. They, you know, it's impossible to do to go through all the squadron logbooks and log all the raids. It's just too big a job. So they've do, assembled it from secondary sources and stuff, right? And they had a massive spreadsheet and they were trying to keep track of absolutely everything, size of the effort, date, time, the whole thing, right? So this huge, obviously this enormous, uh, 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 you know, uh, um, unwieldy document to try and get it all in. And Malta's at the very bottom, like flashing away, like psh, 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 like it's like, you know, for two years, like basically a flame. Yeah. But it's just so interesting watching the, watching the yeah, different offensive, offensives play themselves out. And the one place that's copying it the entire time, relentlessly, where is it? Where do you think that is?
1: Someone like Cologne or somewhere like that. No, 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 no,
0: no, no, no. Think about the bigger picture, Jim. What's the one thing you really need to um, interdict if you're the British
1: Isles? Oh, you're trying to stop them, you mean? Yeah, what's
0: the one place target, that gets tri- over Germany. What's Target? No, not in Germany. Brest is hammered. Relentlessly for the for the entire.
1: Isn't that interesting? What because the U boats and all the rest of it. Obviously,
0: right? You're trying to win the Battle of the Atlantic, aren't you? So Brest is going. Brest is just going like this. So Brest is completely smashed. On essentially on a daily basis, you, on this as this graphic runs, and they've got all the mine Isn't laying. Isn't that
1: interesting? They've
0: put all the mine laying in as well. So well because after and I I said this to Dan. I said I was really struck by the way Brest. He said, Well, you know, obviously it's the Battle Atlantic, and 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 you can find it. It's not like
1: <laughs> yeah. it's a hop and a skip, isn't it? It's not like it's, it's not a like hop going and a skip. To flipping Regensburg, is it?
0: Yeah, exactly. And you fly to the end of France, basically. You know. It's easy to it's easy to picture as a navigational um, uh, or not easy, yeah. easier, more straightforward. Right?
1: Isn't that interesting?
0: And, and and what's clear right from the start of of um, of the German occupation of France. Brest is getting it and then and then, you know, um, other places where there are obviously German maritime things, and so that you know, coastal
1: command. Presumably, forgotten- um, so, Lorient and all those sort of places yeah, yeah, exactly. as well. Exactly, exactly, exactly. There's all that going How on. interesting, right? right? Isn't that
0: isn't that interesting?
1: Yeah, and- it really, really is. Uh, well, so if so
0: Bremen gets hit loads. Well, it? and then Bremen as well. Right, and then what happens? And I'm, I'm watching it. And I say to Adam. You know, because he doesn't know about this stuff because because he's not an afflicted just person. Just doesn't. And why would he? You know, he's got perfectly reasonable interests um, outside the affliction, right? And I go, you know, they do, thir- do you are you do 30 sorties and then if you want to do another tour, you can. We don't have to. You need to go to training and I'm like, explaining how it works. And, and, you know, and and all the time we're in the display and it's going, but the rate of attrition is, you know, one in four crews completes a to tour, you know, all this sort of stuff on average. So like really like really laying it on thick. Anyway... The, the, but the, I say, and we're watching this thing. I say, you watch spring nineteen forty-two. It's just going to start going bananas, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And the the real the bomber
1: raids and all the rest of it.
0: Yeah, and and what you really get into, and is is the sheer disparity in um, uh, strategic bombing effort uh, during during the Second World War between what the, what the Axis are able to pull off, and then. What follows after 1942 and what happens as well is that is that Italy starts lighting up um, you know uh, f- from from early 1943 it starts lighting up and then it and then it goes then it lights up all the way up the up the yeah, yeah. boot and you've got and then Pleisty starts lighting up because I said to Adam you know one of the big things of capturing that path Italy Italy so you can strategic bomb the oil fields in Romania and you see the whole thing. The whole war effort play itself play itself out. Then the spring of 1944, it all over. It goes to France, and you see the, all of France's railways being bombed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes.
0: And then you see, and then you see the switch back to the strategic bombing campaign. And that really, from February onwards in 44, 45, from February 45 onwards, it's like it's a it's this gigantic fireworks show over the whole of Germany. It's so worth looking at, just to sort of. You know, in a simple five-minute, you know, five-minute well, listen, maybe we, could,
1: maybe we could both go up and do.
0: Um... I think we ought to. I think we ought to. Anyway, so then, so then we go in the archive, and they've got all this. You know, that they, 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 they've got this saxophone, and I'm sure this constitutes a spoiler. And I, I, I may have exceed, I may be exceeding my bounds talking about some of this stuff. But anyway, you've got this saxophone that a bloke got in a Red Cross parcel in Stalingrad Four, and then took with him on one of the death marches when they were being marched out of their prisoner war camp. And he hung on to this saxophone. It's quite heavy, tenor yeah. saxophone. Yeah, he took it, took it all the way back with him, and then played it for the rest of his life. And now it's been given to
1: the museum. Isn't that fabulous? Yeah, that's all. That, that's right up there with the with the hidden trombone.
0: Exactly, exactly. That's there, up there with the hidden trombone. Yeah, I mean to take it on one of those marches. No, I'm hanging on to my. But the, there's
1: something incredibly moving about about holding something or or, yeah. or seeing something that is yeah. now. Safe and cosseted, but which has been a witness to just such extraordinary things. Yeah. Well, they said has they somehow had a- survived, and, and the yeah. kind of the, the the fact that the saxophone survived is obviously a kind of motif, isn't it, for something bigger? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't know; because- it's very obvious, but it, but it is really moving. It just is. Yeah.
0: Well, their thing is they're they're interested in the people, you know, the people and the stories, and yeah. But also, but also look completely internationally. So they they've got that they're interested in the German flat crews, you know, um, uh, because they're, they're as much part of the story of the bomb offensive as anybody else. And one of the things they were digitising, they just digitised when we popped into the archive, was a German flat gunner's personal diary and his, you know, his service record. It's really, really, you know, because that's part of the picture too. That's part of the, the whole story. Anyway, so then we look in the archive and, and we looked up um, Adam's uncle. We found the sortie, and, and it says when he was lost, Yep. He was in a Manchester in oh, um, off Pembrokeshire in the last oh, month in the last month that they had Manchester so he may have been training to convert to a Lancaster because they did some conversion in yep. Manchester's he was in 106 squadron out of oh
1: Gibson squadron
0: yeah exactly out of Scampton and uh, no out of Coningsby rather sorry yeah yep. um, and and yeah, uh, a Gibson squadron and he was a navigator. He wasn't a tail gunner uh, as far as the records show. And they and they say, you know, if the family know better, then maybe he was a tail gunner, but from as far as we could tell was just, he was a sergeant and he was a and he was a navigator. When then you start, you know, and I'm explaining to Adam what the Manchester is, you know, like it's the forerunner of the uh, Lancaster and then it was and didn't work and... His crap and they and then they, you know, they luckily stopgap it into something useful. And we go and and then uh, you know, you, Go through the history of the Manchester, and it's a terrible story. I mean, it's they build they build a couple of hundred, a third of them are lost in ops, and then forty five are lost due to engine failure. Wow. So he, so but you, if you you could then download from Q the PDF of the squadron service record, download the Air Ministry records of, of what went on. So we we think we're going to be able to locate Ken, and and if the family um, uh, have got a. Have got a photo of him. They'll put it on the and they'll give him his face and they'll Well
1: we, we can find out I can find out literally before this we finish this podcast why he, yeah. what he was because it'll yeah. be we'll just look at get up the um if he's one hundred six squadron, when did he die?
0: Uh, May of forty two, I think. Okay, you can do that right now. I'll tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a break, <laughs> and when we get back from the break, James <laughs> will have the archival material for our perusal. See you yes, in a I tick. Will. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Now, we left you there with um, an archival cliffhanger, ladies and gentlemen, as James uh, dove deep into the National Archive um, and found 106 Squadron, Ken Gill's Squadron. And um, what's really, really interesting is they're flying Manchesters and Lancasters simultaneously. So they are in the process of converting. And apparently some of the the, um, training for the Lancaster was done in the Manchester Because the internal cockpit, you know, the interior of the plane is essentially identically laid out so you could Because yeah, there were two that. squadrons
1: that were the first two to get them i think 106th was the first yeah. uh, and, and 44th which was a Rhodesian squadron at the time yeah. and they were the ones that were involved in the augsburg reg the ill-fated augsburg yeah. reg where five uh, 12 went out and only five came back again you know this is our oh, idea God. of doing a low level flight and you know every, literally everything that could have gone wrong went wrong including sort of coordination with the fighters who was there supposed to go over and help them and defend them as they crossed the normandy coast yeah but of course um, just didn't you know? It was a bit like kind of laying down an artillery barrage. It just didn't work. But the interesting thing yeah. about 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 the um, so so you have battalion war diaries, which is uh, you know in the British case yeah. where you can find your you know the war diary of I don't know, let's say the sixth Durham Light Infantry or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but the um, RAF equivalent are the ORBs, which stands for the Operational Record Book. Yeah. And they are held in a department at the national Archives, formerly known as the public record office um as air twenty seven so it's air yeah. twenty seven forward slash whatever it might be um yeah. and the great thing is is those those have mostly all been digitized so yeah. one can you, you know you can you can get your own card and all the red ticket and stuff for for um the uh, for the national archives um but if you don't have that it doesn't matter you can just go on there and you can search their website. Um, and discovery is the um, is the search engine, and I have to say, it's pretty darn efficient. Right. Um, and you go on that, and you put in one o six squadron, and you put a dates of nineteen forty two, and you press go, and there it is, and it has has them listed month by month. The ORBs. I mean, I mean Jim, and, and uh, you download one, it, and literally two seconds later, you've got it. It's, it's one, incredible. Well,
0: one thing, one thing that's really striking here is like this is literally you. If you know the guy's name in yep. Bomber Command. You you can find him. You can find what he was doing. I mean, absolutely. you know... In
1: a, in a way that you just can't with... With, with the army. You know, no, because, you know, lots of people sort of go, oh, I want to get hold of my great-uncle, and I know he was anime, but I don't know what unit he was in or the rest of it. And you sort yeah. of... You know, it's, like, it's like a needle in a, in a haystack. If, you, if, yeah. if you've if you got a service number, that's one thing. If you know the unit he was in, if you absolutely know that he was in 2nd Rifle Brigade, for example, at the snipe action... You've got more no chance. Because... You know, you can go and get that war diary, and you can look it up, and you can go. Okay, well, I know he was in there at that particular point, so therefore, that is what he must have been involved with. So that yeah. that's fine. But for people who just sort of vaguely know that their grandfather was in serving in Germany in 1945, yeah. that's that's not enough. No. The only alternative way of getting around it is to apply to the Ministry of Defence for your you know relative's um, service record. Yeah. And you pay twenty five quid and you get in the system. Yeah. All I'd say is they're still on COVID catch up. It takes forever. Yeah. But, but you are entitled tr- to get it. Because because p- service records are not in the public domain yet. So so no. eventually they'll be all transferred to Q or whatever. But yeah. which is where the National Archives are. But they're not yet. So I can't go and find the record service record of your grandfather at Harup for example, no, no, but no, no, you no. could, you could go and get his yeah. service record and call for it. And I'm allowed get it to and ask for it. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. allowed to ask for it. And they, they're not allowed to not give it to you. Yeah. Gosh, and then you I'm can fascinated. start working it all out. And that's, that's how you do it. Yeah. Um, but, but it's a bit of a process, but what we found was that because he was killed on a training mission, yeah. he's not listed in the daily list no. of, of, of operations. No. Cause it's not an operation. It's a, it's a training mission yeah he's not on the shortage list i have yeah. just downloaded a i have just bought up a whole load more um, four <laughs> other documents um, with a total download size of 175 megabytes so i'll, I'll download those after this and file them over to you and we can have a look at them at another stage but you know it is possible to kind of it should be possible to find a bit more about him for yeah. adam to be honest
0: yeah i mean it's it, it is extraordinary though because you know uh, uh, by point of comparison. You know Peter White, who, uh, who's currently the with the Jocks story on the Patreon, and who's in my book, he doesn't. He's not mentioned by name in the Battalion uh, War Diary, in the 14th uh, B War. No, no, his name never comes up. Whereas what you've <laughs> got here. You look at this, what you've got here is literally name by name. So you you've got the entire crew of an aircraft and in, in Which that, are listed uh, in
1: order. So it, Which it, are listed in
0: order. Well, yeah. I mean in the earlier in the earlier um, uh, uh, operations record book, you've got the crew. So if pilot
1: is listed first, then I think it's it, navigator it tend, or it, engineer. But, I seem to remember yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, know but what it is, and t- t- then it's
0: Flight Lieutenant for instance. 30 31st of May, nineteen forty two Lancaster, R5608, Flight Lieutenant Hopgood, Pilot Officer Coates, Sergeant Bates, Sergeant Gibson, Sergeant Hobson, uh, Flight Sergeant Lewis, Flying Officer Ferguson. Um, oh, here you uh, are. It's got
1: the order here. It's got the order here. So it, the, the order in which they're listed, and it's always exactly the same, it's Captain, Flight Engineer, Navigator, um, Bomb Aimer, Wireless Operator, Mid-Upper, yeah. Rear yeah. Gunner.
0: Yeah, we got a seven last. man
1: crew on a, on a Lancaster. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: but that's what's so fascinating because you've literally you've literally got a man by man tally. You know, because it's a because it's an aircraft manifest, isn't it? They basically mm. they sign everyone into the plane and they and they sign everyone out when they get home if they get home. You know, they, they, yes. you know, 8th 9th May 1942, Manchester R R5770, Wing Commander Gibson, it's the pilot. Yep. I mean, d- we're drawn to that name, pilot officer
1: well, Hopgood, that- we're also pretty drawn to Yeah,
0: Well, yeah, and Hopgood, yeah, Flying Officer Hopgood, Saint Hogg, Saint Bates, Saint Gibson, Saint Hobson, Saint Hallam, Saint Lewis, um, in in Manchester L seven four eight eight. I mean, the the fact that the REF has this, you know, I've talked about the bureaucratic level of of war. I've tried to posit that as a um, <laughs> as a as one of the tiers. Yeah, oh, yeah, for th- they're up on their bureaucracy, aren't they? Yeah. Someone's writing all this down. Yeah
1: yeah yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: Which was so so. What was interesting was yesterday was a little bit. Of, there was a little bit of chat on um, on uh, the um, on on Twitter. People talking about appointment in London, which is a like 1952 bomber yep. command movie yep. starring yep. Dirk Bogard. And That's what right. happens in that is a pilot is injured, so he got or killed, I think before they take off. So he's, and he's not meant to fly anymore. He's done near, he's done 87 sorties. He's been told, you've got to stop. His girlfriend's going, you've got to stop darling. You don't need to go. It's all that. But and he decides. The chaps. Exactly. Exactly. And he gets in the plane and flies the plane because the sortie's got to go off. And then they're listening to the master. I mean, what's really interesting, it's film night. It's only seven years after the war. They're listening Listen to, to the, the master. master bomber. They're listening to the master bomber. And they're, and they're listening to the master. What's really interesting is they're listening to the master bomber Uh, uh, You know, um, at the at the RAF base, the Germans are listening to it, too, because there's a scene with some Germans. And what's interesting is the German scenes are not subtitled. So it's just Germans like yammering it away. You know, you know, all that. Right. Right. Uh, Right. And then there's and then there's the there's someone listening in a pub. To the Germans, like uh, I listened, you know, there's a woman, one of the, there's a widow listening to the listening to the Germans in a pub and that's what she does is she listens, she follows the progress of the raids to see what's happening because it made her feel closer to her husband when he was on raids, right? This is seven years afterwards. So they're talking about the Master Bomber quite openly and how, mm-hmm. that's how he did it. And there's footage cut in with, you know, they've got three or four lengths for the film, which are probably the ones that end up in the Dan What's he called Appointment years, in late. London? Appointment in London. And it's, it's, it's about the, the, you know, the, the churn in the squadron, um, uh, in the squadrons, the churn of people, the toll it takes on people, the fact that even if you get home, you may yet crash and die. That the, the whole thing. And it's, and it's, it's, you know, and also, you know, it's all sorts of people taking pensive looks and saying, you know, it's worth it in the end, our boy and all that. Right. Mm. It's, it's it's really 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 good. It's like it's about a bomber station. And you know and it's, it's going, a good film. It is good. It, I think it is actually a good it is actually a good film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it's like and and High. You know,
1: it's really good. Yeah, exactly. Have you watched exactly. Total Total High? I have, of course I have. Yeah. yeah. I mean ago, yeah, 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 not yeah. recently but lot lo- it long, is unbelievably good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like The Cruel Sea. It's one of those films where you sort of think really this is how can this be so good? I always thought kind of films in the 1950s were rubbish because they didn't yeah. have CGI. Well, yeah. the actual fact, they're brilliant.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it, well, well, yeah.
0: Well, well Angels One Five is a is a good sort of like this is what it was like movie. You know, mm. it's not, not 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 you know, not all of these films can be um, Citizen Kane, can they? And and they're telling a rough <laughs> truth too. I mean, that's the interesting thing about what you really feel with appointment uh, appointment in London, because you know, because they're all awarded they're awarded the DFC or something, and so they've got an appointment in London in a month's time. They get back from a sortie. They've got an appointment in London in a month's time. So it's, will they make it to London, basically, for their appointment? You know, completely. The fragility
1: of of life, the uncertainty of the next mission.
0: Exactly. And it's really, really well done. And, and, you know, having been to the memorial and, and, you know, just this thing, 8,000 of the Bomber Command 55,000 were killed training.
1: Yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? So what is that as a proportion? That's about 20%, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, overall uh, it was overall uh, aircraft losses in the war. I think it was about thirty percent yeah. were accident or yeah training yeah. or you know. yeah.
0: It's a shocking business, but but so we so um so I would if anyone, especially if anyone has a like a like a personal connection to bomber command, someone in the family somehow somewhere. I would, I, I would get up there, and they've got a you know they've got a they've got the archive. You know I was lucky we were allowed in the archive but they've got you know the computer where you put your relatives name in and and he should he should pop up like that he should appear yep. and you know what was what was moving about looking at um Ken's record is the the names of the crew he died with you know that yeah. that it's not just him that that you know if an infantry section's mortared the, the the chances are they won't all be you know they won't all be killed but if an aircraft hit a bomber aircraft hit, it's it's pretty close you know you're pretty close to guaranteed you're all going to die you know
1: you know what I mean it's like yeah, the, yeah the, I they, know that exactly what I mean yeah
0: blokes die in batches you know
1: yeah 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 well, what a what an amazing place! Well, I'm I'm muster keen to get up there, and frankly, um, I never need much of an excuse to go out to Lincoln, which is a which is a great place. I'm
0: yeah. You know, but I, they said they they said they had a veteran come in, and he put on the he had a flying helmet, right? And they yeah. had the oxygen tube and the flying helmet, and he started massaging the tube reflexively because that's what you do to stop it freezing, to keep the air from going super cold as you breathe. Isn't that amazing?
1: Isn't he just started
0: amazing? just started stroking the tube. It's incredible. Wow! Wow! So, I've never heard anyway, that.
1: that's amazing. That is so amazing. We, it is really fascinating. So we that's need to get a moment. we
0: need to get Dan back to talk. He wants to talk about gremlins because um, that's a really that's a really interesting story. The story. Well, of, what, what particular con- gremlins? Well, the concept of gremlins, the oh, idea of gremlins. Okay. Yeah, where yeah, do they great. fit? Where do they fit into the sort of yeah, well, well, bomber command uh, culture heritage, and then how it's been written about afterwards? So that, that's really interesting. Anyway, very interesting. So that's what interesting. I. That's very what I got up to? What, what have you been mm. up to, Jim?
1: Well, I've had quite, quite a quiet weekend actually. I've been sort of reading up, and um, I'm just sort of slightly head down with casino, if I'm brutally honest. Yeah. But I tell you what, I, the, the, I really enjoyed Alamein. those discussions about Alamein, and um, yeah. and, and it's made me. I, I've had all sorts of interesting things, and one of the things that I, I suppose it's so, it seems so obvious, but is, is your point about Britain fighting in places where it's least convenient for the enemy to do so? Yeah, and I yeah. think about that. And I was thinking, yeah, that's that's a really really good point. And I and I really buy it. And yet, the only reason they're they're there in the first place is because the Italians invade Egypt, right? But what were the Axis forces thinking? The more I think about it, what were they thinking? Yeah. What were they thinking? Because well, you, know, well, uh, you know, if you can just, uh, what what was Hitler's point? What, what why did he send off Rommel in, in February nineteen forty one? Well, he sends him off because. He's worried about his southern flank.
0: But what's yeah. the best way to protect your southern flank? Well, not get engaged in North Africa.
1: Not getting engaged in North Africa. It's insane. What's the yeah. one thing that the Axis the, the forces have the least of compared to their other major competence?
0: Well, it's, it's um, uh, logistic merchant, merchant navy support, Correct. basically.
1: So, it's merchant shipping. Yeah. yeah. And even by the end of 1941... They've got considerably less than they had. So yeah, yeah. In the, uh, there's a reason why um, Wanklin and the Upholder are the highest scoring Allied submarine of the war mm. in yeah. terms of tonnage sunk. And that's because well, they're operating in 1941. Well, and because the Mediterranean's tiny. Um, re- yes, but relatively- they're getting things like the Conti Rosso, which is eighteen thousand yeah. yeah. tons. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, well, it's, but- it's, you know, if you if you're sinking a couple of them, and then there's a few others in the, the ocean, ocean, or isn't there, or yeah. whatever it's called, in in November nineteen forty-one, which they sink, and you know, if you're getting if you're getting a few kind of fifteen 000 to twenty thousand ton ships, you're soon getting up to one hundred twenty-eight thousand tons, aren't you? Yeah. So they're not yeah. they're not the U boat. They're they're not sorry U boat. They're not the submarine that sinks the most boats. They're the submarine that sinks the biggest number of ton, uh, amount of tonnage. Biggest tonnage, yeah. And yeah, that's but, because but, there are bigger boats, uh, the bigger vessels at the start of the war than there are by 1943, when, the, when do, all the big boys have gone. But if you're a submarine
0: force, Jim, the place to pick a fight is in the Med anyway, because there's choke points, there's narrow straits, yeah. there's you know where the ports are. It's not a great big, you know, thousands of miles wide and long ocean like the Atlantic, right? Where, no, where- no, no. But... But, so, but so, 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 so of all places for the for the to put pressure on its merchant shipping. It's the point I'm making. For mm. you know, they're running out of merchant shipping, and they're putting pressure on it in a place in an environment where it's easier for the the British to prosecute submarine warfare. So you're compounding the problem, aren't you? You're by 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 trying to supply North Africa. You're compounding your the, the issue that you're short of shipping by
1: doing it in a place where you know. I mean. It's really literally easy just, to sink them. It's, it's all really really the Atlantic, them. which is vast and huge. Yeah, and, and yeah. you haven't got enough naval forces to protect them. You haven't got enough air forces to protect them. Yeah, you know, so you're you are literally on a hiding to nothing. And then comes this this moment in the end of May 1942 yeah. when Rommel manages to have this lucky break because of the ineptitude of the British commanders, yeah, and and takes to Brook on the twenty first of June. And it's all doom and gloom for for the British, and it's the flap, and everyone thinks we're rubbish, and you know morale has taken a massive dip and all the rest of it. yeah. But actually, you need to you know one needs to step back from that and go, okay, just let's, let's stop looking at it through the prism of kind of you know how depressed Winston is. Let's look at it through the prism of 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 the Axis forces. Yeah. That is literally the worst thing that could have happened to them because <laughs> it gives them this 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 tantalizing glint of the Middle East oil fields and this sort of, you know, this El Dorado in the distance that they might just be able yep. to get. And so yep. they gallop off into the desert. By yep. the time they get to the land, but by by the 3rd of July, it is so game over for Rommel. It's not true. Yeah. Because he hasn't broken through. And at that point his because he's reached his culmination point. He's not they are simply it's unwinnable from that point, yeah. Because of shipping, because of supplies, because of the sp- yeah. the length of their supply lines, because of because 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 it's just it's just literally not going to happen, yeah. So was there an alternative at that moment? Well, I think there was, uh, and and had it not been Hitler, and thank goodness it was from that point of view. Yeah. Had it not been Hitler, you know, you're just looking at it from a purely military point of view. What could the Axis have done? Well, what they could have done is they could have retreated in stages back to to Brook, then Benghazi, and yeah. then bugged out across the Tripoli and go. Okay, this is this is not going to happen. We're not we're, enough is know, enough. American yeah. stuff is coming. Enough is enough. Yeah. Let's really fortify our southern flank, and let's just think really rationally here. <laughs> Where are the Allies likely to attack? <laughs> Sicily. It's the obvious one. Yeah. So build up your defences in Sicily. And you know what, these Italians, let's train them. Let's train yeah. them. Yeah, let's but, take a bit but, of time out and let's train them. And, yeah. let, and let's, let's train them in our methods and we'll be in charge and we'll send them to battle school and we'll get them better. Suddenly, southern Italy and, and Sicily become a nut that you are simply not going to crack from yeah. an Alec point of view. Yeah. You know, instead... Because you shouldn't,
0: you shouldn't be able... To to uh, pluck Sicily from the Axis vine in the way that in the way that the Allies do the, 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 when people talk about it, it's a, oh, it it's too slow and it takes too long. It's an ex- it, you know, and it's, it's, it's unnecessary it's, or whatever. Yeah. Well, no, quite the opposite. It's if you're thinking it like you're saying, if you're thinking in terms of you know Axis shipping, Axis ability to fight, um, and the Allies bringing their advantages to bear the germans the germans are setting themselves up for a series of defeats aren't they but then this is you know like like all second world war what ifs your what if result revolves around the nazis thinking completely differently to the way they did yes um you know like the idea that they train the italians they'd help their allies rather than you know just go on about how rubbish they were and, and slag them off relentlessly amongst themselves you know that 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 ain't accommodated by the Nazi worldview. That pra- you're, you're not
1: going to help your Italian allies, three M's by by constantly slagging off and telling them how how rubbish no. they are. It's just not going no. to work, and, no. and and it doesn't. Uh, and then reinforcing Tunisia just seems an act of utter insanity. The more yeah. you think about it, the, the crazier yeah. it is. You know, the matter of resources. but because it's it's not it's not reinforcing Tunisia per se that's the issue. It's the fact that only by Exhausting yet more incredibly vulnerable shipping. Are you able to yeah. do it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, w- and yeah. why bother? And it's because Hitler's so paranoid about his southern flank. But if you're p- yeah. paranoid about your southern flank, make sure your southern flank is really well defended. And don't overreach yeah. your southern flank.
0: Don't don't burn up men, material, you know, g- g- gold, treasure, and blood on a th- on a battle where you can't. We, you know, you're absolutely right. You, the, Sicily should be Sicily should be untakeable. From a um, Yes.
1: Uh, I mean, Hitler would boy, say, yeah. but the problem is, is then, you know, if we, if we leave these places and then, then the Allies can still operate from Egypt and, and, uh, and operate against Plersti. Yeah. But it's a hell of a lot further from, from Egypt than it is from Foggia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or exactly. Sicily. Or, exactly. You know, so.
0: But then, but then German appreciation of Allied strategic um, uh, thinking, um or Hitler's appreciation of it is lacking. So you know the guy doesn't have the strategic. Is isn't thinking. What are they trying to achieve? What are they trying to do? He's not thinking in those terms. He's not thinking. Are they going to attempt to strateg- strategically bomb the oil fields I have access to? He's just not thinking He, he or he doesn't seem to be thinking like that. He's not not taking it enough into account, is he?
1: No, no, uh, uh, and. I was just, i so, 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 that was one of my kind of big takeaways really. is just yeah. absolutely. And I don't think any historians haven't really, really sat back and just said German involvement and Italian involvement in Northern Italy, in North Africa was insane because they don't have yeah. the shipping to support it. Yeah. And, and I think this is one of the big failures of the Axis forces is that for the most part, they don't have to worry about shipping. I mean, the Italians do, if they're going to go, go around the Mediterranean, obviously. Yeah. But, but, but again, that's another sign of, of, Mussolini's woeful um, geopolitical understanding. Yeah. Um, But the Germans really should know better. You know, all they've got to do is they've got to keep the South quiet so that they can get on with the Eastern Front and defend the Western Front. Yeah. Yeah. So the way to do that is to not get embroiled in the Mediterranean, where you've got shipping involved, because you're never going to compete with the with the allies. You're just never going to. And if you yeah. and if you haven't done it by end of nineteen forty one, it's never going to happen.
0: Well, unless well unless you fill the Mediterranean with destroyers to to deal with the submarine threat. Yeah, but but because, they don't have them. They don't have which them. they don't have. So you can't do that. So you 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 shouldn't you shouldn't so don't, shouldn't don't get try involved. and do
1: something that you don't get involved. Yeah. you know, but play to your strengths, not to your weaknesses, and yeah. that's what whereas they're the, doing. And-
0: whereas the the British, because after all, I mean, you know, you, you could argue that that, that 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 in a in a way, North Africa is the the center of British imperial gravity. You know, uh, yeah. uh, strategically, it, it, you know, Br- Britain itself is the it, it, center of imperial money, but the imperial center of gravity, where everyone can get to in roughly the same amount of time, yeah. is is the Middle East, isn't it? Yeah, um, uh, uh, and you know. The you could you can be blitzing London all you like, but the British Empire could still draw reinforcements from India, um, Australia, and New Zealand to North yep. Africa without without the blitz affecting that. Yep. And that's the I think that's that's a, you know that's a blind you know it's obvious if you're looking at in terms of an imperial effort, you've got and you've, this is the other way, you've got to always think of the British war effort as an imperial war effort. Yep. You can't, the minute you stop, the minute you forget that, you forget actually how it's working and how and what resources are really being drawn on and how they're being deployed and the way they're being ploy- deployed the way they are. And that obviously brings its own tensions yep. because, you know, um, Eighth Army is, I don't know, it's, it, it's, a, is it a third British and then everyone else is from Sorry, all like over? That, yeah. And it's exactly, not even that, maybe a quarter. And it's got Free French as well. You've got all these yep. people in, or Fighting French, all these people in the mix. It's, it's, you know, and then that reflects a British war effort, and you that's why that's why the war in North Africa is being fought the way it is as well. The way yes. that's why it's disjointed. The Eighth yeah, yeah. Army effort is because you're you, you you know you're it's an amalgam Eighth Army rather than rather than a single um, uh, force, and every every Commonwealth general is a political general as well as a as well as an operational one. You know, it's it's there's lots of lots of plate spinning, so you can see why if it's not led firmly. The wheels might come off quite quickly, which is, after all, can let quits, hands it over to Richie, and Richie can't control the thing, can't yeah, keep yeah. the thing under control. Um, which, 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 I, I've watched the rest of Rogue Heroes, by the way. Yes, it's great fun, <laughs> isn't watched, it? You watched it to the end.
1: I've got one episode to go.
0: I've watched it to the end, and I'll say, I think it improves enormously. And there's a very, very good bit where, um, um, well, first of all, I'm glad that the general public... I like public the Benghazi
1: now- raid. I thought that was really well Yeah, done. that
0: was really good. But I'm also I'm going to love the, I love the fact that the public will now know what a static line is and no <laughs> longer have to explain what a static line parachute yeah. is to...
1: Weirdly, by episode four, they've got rid of their slightly odd, um, non-existent um, ray Bands. That didn't yeah. exist at that point, and have yeah. gone back to form and got round sunglasses and sun goggles, which is what they yeah. should have had in the first place. Yeah, and frankly, yeah. They're a load cooler. So I just don't know why they didn't go for them in the first place. I but mean, it's it's. I think it. I think it. I mean, lots
0: of TV programs. The first episode, you're you know, very often people watch a sitcom and they go, oh, "I don't like it." The first episode wasn't funny. You think, well, the first episode has, has got lots of things. It's got to get everything up on its stilts, basically, um, and you know and pilots of things are are there to placate commissioners, you know, but there's a really great bit where, um, uh, you know, Maine is, Maine is been, here's a spoiler. Maine is training these French guys. Oh yeah. And, and, and Sterling says to him, you're like Achilles sulking in his tent. Yes. And you think, yeah, because that's Paddy Maine is Achilles. That's because that's, this story is as old as time and it doesn't matter if the language is contemporary, it's the story of, it's the, a, a, it's the tale of Achilles and, yep. you know, let's say, let's say Sterling is Ulysses, you know, using his cunning and his guile to get what he wants in terms of a regiment and using other people to do that for him. And Maine is the invincible warrior yep. and he's Achilles. And if that's your, if that's your, if that's actually the story you're telling here of dust and sand and gods of war, there you go. That's what Rogue Heroes is about. And you,
1: well, it, I, I quite enjoyed watching, you know, Jeeps and and Chevrolets hurtling across the desert yeah, with Highway yeah, to Hell playing in the background. Yeah. I, I, you know, worked for me, I've got to say, I, I thought yeah. it was terrific. I, I still don't think they've got they haven't got Sterling Wright. And they haven't got Paddy Mainwright. I thought the the um, the guy who's playing Chuck Lewis, who I'm sure was a was a servant in um, Downton Abbey. Um,
0: no, it's uh, it was Alfie Allen playing yeah, Chuck but
1: Lewis. Wasn't he? Wasn't he in? Wasn't well, I don't he know. In, was he? I don't know. I think he he's
0: was. Reek from Game of Thrones. Anyway.
1: Oh, yes, of course. Anyway, yeah. he's, um, I thought he was very good. Uh, and yeah, I, thought and I, thought, I thought the way they handled his, um, don't want to spoil it, but death. Um, yeah. was- <laughs> that's a matter
0: of historical fact. It's a this matter of historical a, fact. The other, this is the other- yeah, yeah, that's not a spoiler in
1: itself. <laughs> but I thought that was all done very, very, very well and effectively. And also he kind of looked right. He looked the right part. I'm still very taken by, by the depictions of Cooper and Seekings and, um, yeah and mike sadler i think they're, they're terrific but i've enjoyed it i think it's great i think it's really good fun and i think they get the essence of it and the spirit of it and all that kind of stuff yeah but
0: yeah. Um, there's a classic wrong tank um in the last episode though oh no um well no you know what i've come to i've come to the i've come around to the idea that if, it, if it's if it got a wrong tank in it then it's the real deal <laughs>
1: <laughs> how
0: how so but then it's a proper war film if it's got a wrong tank in it. Oh <laughs> it's see. like
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well because because all all war films have the wrong tanks in. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, okay, exactly, right. exactly right. right. It's a
0: real it's a proper war film thing if it's got the wrong tank well,
1: in it. Well, I hope it does really well for the BBC because if it does then they'll they'll hopefully commission some more. Um I, I think it's terrific yeah. and I think um, I've I've really enjoyed it, I have to say.
0: Yeah. No I, one I, episode yeah. to go,
1: I'm gonna treat myself tonight.
0: Well, and I'm looking forward to, you know, what happens next. You know, you are they could, doing series could, two? Well, I I imagine it'll get picked up. I imagine it will. They can they can do the capo de Capo yeah. de Burropa de Porco, yeah. yeah. So you've got so you've got Chatterton swimming ashore and being picked up by this yeah, gang yeah, yeah. of gang and of lunatics. Turbole and all the rest of it. Yeah, exactly. Chatterton in his underwear like <laughs> scrabbling around. So presumably it skull. finishes
1: with Sidi Hanish, does it?
0: Um well like you haven't seen it yet. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> okay, spin it I don't out. want to spoil it, but you know what happens? To, you know what happens to David Sterling, right? Mm. Is you know, right? Yeah. So 4th. That, that, exactly. That's how else would you end this? The, the six episodes, but yeah. with that, you know. Um, uh, uh, anyway, but but I think it's about Achilles. It's about yeah, Agamemnon about like, like, Ulysses. Yeah. And if you place yeah. it in that context, then you then I think you need to let you know because there was an argument yesterday on social media. The guy playing Maine isn't tall enough. He won't be imposing enough. If he's not if he's not tall enough. You think, Well, they're playing him as quite imposing. He's he's being played as imposing. This, this, yeah, this he's like, definitely playing imposing. So, so uh, you know, I think he was he, nicer
1: and he... I think he was more charming and nicer. I think he was and quieter. Yeah, quieter, nicer, and kind of you know he he he, he, he did go berserk because absolutely no question about that when he was pissed. But yeah. I don't think he was going around going berserk when he was. I think he Sober. saved that for when he was in Cairo. Yeah, yeah. I think what they should do is do a drama about a tank regiment and a band of brothers. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> Personally. Well, you know, one thing at a time, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, then um, we, well, think- we got Masters of the Air coming up, so that's all exciting.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, exactly, you see. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, you see. Exactly, yeah. and you know what? What in the end, what I think SS Rogue Heroes is about is about what war does to people. It's David Sterling thinks that what he really wants is a war and an adventure, and then he finds it's actually something really quite difficult to cope with. Is what the yep. and he's not also not very good at the soldiering. It's the it's the thing that you mm-hmm. know they, they are doing in the drama. Yeah, you know what what it does to people, and that you know that's that's after all what modern dramatists are interested in, rather than telling yep. a sort of straight back version of jolly good chaps. No. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yep. it's um, it's uh. I think we've probably
1: probably done enough, haven't we? For one talked day.
0: around <laughs> That's the attitude,
1: James. But you know, no, no, it was good fun. That felt old school. It was like, yes, yes, it did. We will see you all
0: very soon. Thanks for listening, and cheerio.
1: Cheerio.